0: I am back with another episode. If this is your first time tuning in, I thank you. Uh, Make sure you go and listen to the previous episodes to bring you up to speed. I am Cassandra, your host and the founder of Pray For Me Ministry. So today I want to talk about Elijah the Tishbite. Now, Elijah was a famous prophet um, and that was very well connected to God. Um, In 1 Kings 17, starting in verse 1, Elijah says to Ahab, and Ahab was the king at the time. He says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew or rain in the next few years except at my command. Now, this was a bold declaration, first of all, because Elijah is standing in the king's court without an invite. And he makes this declaration to the king who was more evil than all those before him. And to make matters worse, this king relied on his own God, which was bound to control the dew and the rain. So Elijah's declaration would obviously cause a fraction, but because it was God that spoke through the prophet Elijah, God will prevail. Amen. So God instructs Elijah to leave there and to go back or to go by the brook chair with, and he would command the ravens to feed him. Elijah goes as instructed, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. God then instructs Elijah to go to Zarephath, and Elijah again did as instructed. After the drought had lasted a long time, God tells Elijah to go and present himself to King Ahab and he will send rain. And what does Elijah do? He does as instructed, amen. Elijah was very obedient. If you have, if you don't see that yet, he was extremely obedient, very connected to God, amen. So the two of them meet and immediately Ahab accuses Elijah of being a troubler of Israel. Now, remember, Elijah declared that they would not have no dew or rain only at his command. But Elijah tells him, I'm not the troubler. It's you and your father because you have forsaken God's command and followed after idols. So Elijah then puts Ahab to the challenge. Elijah tells Ahab to get all of his crew and meet him on Mount Carmel. So all 450 of them against Elijah, just one Elijah. Elijah asks the people, how long would you falter between two opinions? Are you going to serve idols or are you going to serve God? But the people couldn't even give an answer. So now Elijah challenges. it. He poses a challenge. He says to give each of them a bull, to give me a bull and to give Ahab a bull and his crew. And then we are, and they would prepare the bull, but they were not to physically put any fire under it. Elijah said, you call on your God. I call on my God and the real God will answer by fire. So Ahab and his crew call on their God from morning to night. No fire, no response, nothing. They're crying, they're shouting, they're hollering, still no response. They even began to cut themselves as it was their custom with the hope of their God responding or gushing out with blood and still no response from their God. Mm. So now it's Elijah's turn. Elijah gets his bull and he begins to prepare it. And he even poured water on his altar. Mm. Elijah prays and sure enough, God proved that he was God. The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood and the stones and and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trenches and all the people saw this and they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Elijah requested that all of the idols of Baal be seized and brought down to the brook to be executed. Now, you would think after such a uh, display of awesomeness of God that they would turn away from their wicked ways and serve the one and the only true God. Unfortunately, that did not happen for them. Chapter 19, Ahab tells his wife Jezebel all that 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 had happened. And so what she does, she sends a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she wants to kill Elijah now. Now here it is. And when he saw her message, he rose up and ran for his life. Elijah was scared. Now, you're probably wondering how could a man in relationship with God the way that Elijah was be so scared and discouraged of this woman's threat? I bet Elijah was thinking after that display of awesomeness from God that that everybody would turn from their wicked ways and that that everything would be right, that all this evil would go away. But it didn't. That would have just been too easy. God being who he is, God allows things to happen in our life that that will glorify him, not only to glorify him, but to draw us closer to him. If God called you to something, he will make provision for. Even in those moments when you are afraid, just like how Elijah was afraid, was afraid, God will meet you right where you are. God met Elijah right where he was at. God, again, fed Elijah again. He strengthened him. He spoke to them. He he revealed himself to him. And Elijah just went on about his journey all over again. He was strengthened. He was strengthened. He did not let fear keep him down. It knocked him down, but he didn't stay down. God will not leave you hanging God said that. Do not fear. He's telling us, do not fear. He says that he's with us. He says, do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Y'all, if God said it, he will do it. God says fear and dominion, but or dominion and fear belongs to him. So we are carrying around something that does not even belong to us. Give fear back to his rightful owner it doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to God. You don't have have to live a life of fear because God did not give us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of peace, love, and of a sound mind. So I encourage you, don't live your life in fear. Read the rest of Elijah's story. Read his story again and allow his story to inspire you and strengthen you. God wants the best for you. When you are living in the spirit of fear, you miss out on all that God has for you. God wants you to live your best life with him, of course. So I, as I end this series, I pray to God that you were inspired. I pray that there was something that was said to inspire you to to let go of this thing called fear. God loves you. God, the enemy knows that if you are walking in fear, you are not being effective. He knows that. So I just pray by the power that is invested in me that you be set free from that thing of spirit, from that spirit of fear. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will live your life according to the way that God designed you to live it. I pray that even in those times that you doubt, that you don't believe, that you ask God to help you to believe. I pray that God will send people in your path to encourage you along the way, that will help you to be and to live your best life. God has so much more for us. And if we can let go of this thing called fear, we will be so free. I pray that God will give you that boldness of that of a lion, that you're not afraid to face that thing called fear. I pray that God will bless you. I pray that you will begin to live your best life. I pray that you will spend time with God. I pray that you will spend time in God's word. I pray that you be encouraged. May God bless you and may God keep you. Until next time, be blessed.